Hello, and welcome to the Hygiene Profit Leaders Podcast, where we give you weekly tools and tips to teach you how to grow your hygiene department. We are your go-to resource for everything you need to turn your hygiene department into a profit center. I'm your host, Rachel Paul, and joining me is my co-host, Vicki Collier. Hi, Rachel. Hey, Vicki. How are you doing today? Good. Anything new? Not much going on. I can't believe it's almost fall. Um, it, 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 summer has flown by, but I can't believe the holidays are coming up here pretty soon. I know. <laughs> I'm just actually thinking. excited for football season. Yeah, so, you know, I'm a big yeah. Georgia Bulldog that's fan. Right, so, that's right. That's um, right. It's been a little tough, but we have three <laughs> wins under our belt so far. Good deal. So, good. So that's good. Um, so thank you for listening, everyone. Today's episode, we are going to be talking about the five benchmarks of a profitable hygiene department. And as we're going throughout these benchmarks, I really want you to think about these and are your, are your hygienists hitting these benchmarks? Because if sure. they aren't, um, it's, it's not a bad thing. I think it's, it's a really good thing because that means right. you have a lot of opportunity Potential. to grow. Potential, exactly, right? exactly. Oftentimes I'll hear doctors say, say but, but I've got a really great team. You know, I've got great hygienists and, and the patients love them. And I, that's great. I, I love that. And that's, a, that's a, a really good start. But also... We also need to know that profit's not a bad word. We've got to be profitable. Um, right. But what comes with that is that the hygiene team is offering services to patients that they need, not just what Absolutely. the insurance covers. So when we talk about being profitable. There are a lot of things that go into play there, and that's, and that's one of them, I think. Absolutely. I yeah. feel like sometimes we have a, uh, we look at profit as a bad word. Right, right, right. But if you're not profitable, then you can't grow. Right. right, sure. And as you're growing, that means that you get to actually serve more patients and you're providing the highest quality care. Absolutely. So, okay, so we're, not, we're not product pushers, but if you look at your hygiene department and you think, are we providing the best quality of care right. to all right. of our patients? And if you are, then then really you will be hitting these benchmarks, and, right? And the, you know, when we think about that, are you treating every patient as though they were a loved one? You know, Exactly. You know, I don't care if my mother only wants what her insurance will cover. She's going to get what, I, what she needs to get because I'm going to be in charge of that. Is it, I mean, right. I, and if you're th looking at that in every, with every patient, you're going to get past just you know, some of those barriers and, uh, and be, be more profitable in all For the ways sure. that count. Absolutely. Well, let's jump in and talk about the first benchmark. Um, and uh, that is that 75% of doctor treatment should be diagnosed out of the hygiene chair. So right, just think right. about that for a minute. Do you find that most of the treatment you're doing in your chair is coming out of hygiene? I know sure. we talked the last episode about closing treatment and how you want to leverage your hygienist to right. really set you up. Uh, but that's, you know, that's a big part of it. So you want to make sure that um, the treatment you're doing, most of that really should be diagnosed out of hygiene. I agree. A lot of that comes from that relationship the hygienist has with the patient. She should be leveraging that. Mm -hmm. um, and because of the trust that, that patients have in, in the hygienist, um, she has a lot of, of, of room there to be able to move them into a spot where they are accepting treatment. So um, that, that conversation should start in the hygiene department. And you should, there should be tracking. There's a way to, there are ways to track mm -hmm. how much treatment uh, acceptance is coming out of the hygiene department. And right. it should be high. And, you know, it's, it's interesting because I don't find that a lot of hygienists are tracking that. I know right. we give them the tools to do it sure. when we go in their practice. Sure. And um, it's one of those things. It's, it's interesting. I had a hygienist um, tell me one time that she had a lot of cancellations in mm -hmm. her schedule, mm -hmm. which mm -hmm. we'll get to that next. Right. But... Um, she also tracked all of her treatment, presenting and treatment acceptance. Mm -hmm. And she was able to prove to the doctor that while she did have these cancellations, 
look at how much treatment was diagnosed out of this room. Sure. Right? Sure. And so it really created value for her, right? right. And that what she was doing. Good deal. So I think it's really important. And, and if you're a hygienist listening, just definitely make sure that you are um, tracking not only your cancellations and no-shows and your production and all that good stuff, right. but you definitely want to be tracking your treatment acceptance coming out of that room because it's a, again, it's a testament to you if you're setting right. them up, right? Yeah, because we've seen some situations where one, it can vary among hygienists in the, in the practice. Oh, yeah. You know, you have one that's their acceptance is not very high and one that is. What are the tricks that the one who is? Right. What and are you can doing? Learn, right. use that as a, as a learning mm -hmm. tool and the one who has the high acceptance who's working really well with the doctor when they come in for that right. handoff. right. Um, use her to to really train the rest of the team. And I think you're right. You mentioned the, the handoff, but also using those tools you have available. What, what right. educational tools? What are your what are your go tos? Your intraoral camera, your digital X rays, your diagnostic, all of those things. That those are the things that are going to increase that patient accept that treatment acceptance Absolutely. by the patient. Absolutely, and yeah. it might be that you have a hygienist who's really comfortable using these tools and right. maybe another one who feels like they never have time. Sure. But then you can show that the needs value. to be evaluated. Exactly. Yeah. Absolutely. Right. Um, and the second benchmark is you really want your hygiene downtime to be about 5% or less. Yeah. And um, a lot of people ask, well, what do you mean by that? Well, if you have a whole bunch of openings in your schedule, then you have a cancellation. You have to have a warm body in a chair to be profitable. You know, right. you can be, you can do all of the, of the other things right, but if there's not a patient to do these things too, absolutely. You just, you know. And I'll never forget, like the I, I, when I first started as a hygienist, I never really thought about these things. Mm -hmm. So you know, and I have an opening. I'm like, this is great. I can catch up on some some other I was things. The same way. And then I'm wondering why my doctor's like you know behind me pacing, and and that's because. One broken appointment in hygiene, and we say it on average, is about $150. And it, it can vary, but $150 is a good place to start. Average, yeah, right? It could be a lot more, too. So if that happens every day, yeah, and you work four days a week, $30,000 a year. A year, yeah. It's so, crazy. Yeah. Uh, that's a lot. And, and not only that, if the hygienist, if her schedule is falling apart, that is also going to affect everything the else in the office. Absolutely. Yeah, doctor yeah. schedule and everything and, else. But they have to know these numbers. How do they know these numbers? I was in an office just recently and they, they had not tracked these from before I got there. And I said, well, how many openings do you typically, oh no, we usually do pretty good. We don't have that many. Mm -hmm. I thought, Heard okay, that. sure. So I sat down and was able, this is unusual. I was there for a, a, an extra day and was able to kind of work with this team. I found six months of numbers. I went back and actually counted the number of available hygiene appointments. I counted the number of openings. It took a while, but I wanted to be able to really show them. Some months were 26% openings. Some wow. months were 20% openings. When I finally uh, figured this out, we determined the baseline. Once you de decrease that by 10%, right. should be 20%. So their baseline to start, they're just trying to get this under 20%. Right. That's scary. Yes. That's a lot of openings in a hygiene schedule. Absolutely, um, and and, it, and again, it, go, it goes back to how it impacts everyone. Sure, but schedule. they didn't even realize it was a problem. Right, they so just if thought you're it not was tracking, you're there. not looking yeah, at it, then absolutely. it's easy to say it's not a problem. Right, right. And it goes back into um, I was training an office one time. We were talking about new patients. Mm -hmm. um, and by the way, if you are increasing in new patients and your hygiene department is not, not growing. growing you know you have um, a retention problem, right, right? Right. So I challenged them. I said, well, how many of your new patients are coming back? Well, I don't know because they weren't tracking it. I right. said, well, they were like, we would imagine probably about 80%. Mm -hmm. You know, they seem to mm -hmm. all be scheduling. I'm like, okay, well, let's go do some tracking. Had them do some homework, go back and look at those patients. 
come to find out um, about 50% were coming back. Holy moly. So what they yeah. thought was 80% was yeah. actually 50%. Yeah. And you know, what happens there, it, they fall through the cracks. Right. You know, I know how busy a dental office can be, but once those patients have fallen through the cracks and we haven't followed up with them in a timely manner, at some point the patient just feels like they must have so many patients they didn't even care because I never heard from them again. Right. You know, and they, so it's, it's, it's the miller they just got on the dentist down the corner absolutely. and now they're going there. Absolutely. Right. So there's so much opportunity there in tracking those numbers, making sure we follow up with those people um, and don't let them be lured away by, by the, the best deal down the street. Absolutely. So I encourage you to look at the amount of openings you have. Um, you know, there's a simple formula. You, you just take your percentage of, you take your number of openings, divide it by how many um, available appointments mm -hmm. you have, multiply it by 100, and you're going to get a percentage. Right. And um, so really a good goal is to get that down to 5%. But even if you're at 25%, set a goal to get it down to 20%. Because sure. even that 5% yes. is going to make a huge absolutely. impact. You've got to start huge, somewhere. Absolutely. All right. Um, the third benchmark is you really want 25 to 40% of all your hygiene codes being charged out to be active perio codes. And that's your 4,000 codes. Correct. Yeah. So that's your yeah. 4341, right. your 4342. Uh, your, that's your localized and your quadrant. So you just want to make sure that that is happening. I can tell you from my personal experience, we see those percentages to be much closer to about 3%. Absolutely. When right? we do those, run those numbers and, and do the analysis, it is, it's, mine probably would have looked the same. Yeah. Because what I did a lot of times was Treat perio and call it a profi. Absolutely. You know? It happens all the time. Yeah. Again, that was kind of comes along with me taking ownership of their problem and not really a lot. I, I, I'd talk about it. I, I told them what they had, but then, then they, nobody, they don't seem to want to jump on board for those, for those, for active treatment. So we've right. got to be prepared to make that happen, to show them why it's important and to charge for what we do and to code for what we do. Right. If you don't charge for what you do, the patient doesn't see the value. No. Right? No. Um, it's like a, a light bulb goes off when we go into these offices and we tell these hygienists, they think that they're doing the patient a great a favor, service, right? Yeah, yeah. Because they're going underneath the gums and removing this right. deposit and uh, they're actually treating it and they're calling it a profi. Right. But if you paid 150 bucks for something versus 1500 would you not put more value on the 1500 Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And, and now yeah. they're more likely to keep up with their own home care. Right. Which is going to improve their health, right? Exactly. Um, they're coming in more often, mm -hmm. right? So if you just do a profi, you don't put them in the proper perio program. Exactly. That's going to hurt the patient. It's sure, not doing sure, them a favor. Sure. And then I'll often see, uh, you know, a high perio maintenance, but no active therapy. And you know that there are patients who are in perio maintenance that have to have flare-ups or some sort of becoming, they become unstable at some point. Right. Anytime there's bleeding, that needs to go back into some active therapy rather than just encompassing that within the, the, the perio maintenance code. Absolutely. I know we address this in a lot of our profitable perio trainings because it's such a big issue yeah. that we see is, yeah. um, you, you know, their perio maintenance is high and all of a sudden you have very little active. So you have to really define what is an active perio yeah. patient and when is it no longer acceptable to just do a perio Exactly. Right? right. So you really need to, need to define those lines. And if that's not happening in the hygiene department among the team, mm -hmm. you know, what, what are we calling active, you know, early perio? What are we calling uh, advanced perio and everything in between? Those right. guidelines so that everyone on the team has the same rules, the same plan, the same... Uh, 
they know what to do and when to do it. Absolutely. Um, and the fourth benchmark is that you really want your hygienist producing about three times their salary. Right. So um, if you are, if, if you have a hygienist making $300 a day and they're only producing $600 a day, yeah. you have a problem, sure, right? So sure. you really want to be maximizing them um, and, and really looking, taking a hard look at that. Right. I'm not saying we need to cut pays. I'm saying we need to be producing Absolutely. more, right? right. So, I remember once my doctor said, I don't make any money off of hygiene. And I, I, got, I really got my feelings hurt about that because yeah. I thought, I, I'm a great hygienist. I treat my patients very well. I do right. what I'm supposed to do. But I realize now, you know, if I was not doing some of the things that we, we teach our hygienists to do, you know, if you're just doing what the insurance covers, that's not going to be profitable for the patient, for one thing. The no. patients need more than what their insurance covers. That Absolutely. should not be a dictator. No. Um, uh, but also, it's not for the office. It's not productive for the office either. Right, right, for sure. So take a look at that number. And then um, the final benchmark is you really want your hygiene department to be producing at least a third of total office production. And Rachel, I bet most of the offices I go into, or many of them, don't don't have a clue about that. They, have they don't no know what idea. it is. Yeah, yeah. And the ones that do are typically in the twenty-five percent range. They're not at that thirty-three percent. Right. So you know, again, you just you need to take a look at that. If you if you feel like you are not making money off your hygiene department, then your hygiene department just needs training. Yes. I mean, let's absolutely. Just, let's yeah. just be honest. If you don't give them the tools to produce more then we're all creatures of habit. Sure. We're going to do and the Rachel, same thing over and over and over. What I love and what I see so often is that when hygienists actually see these numbers and realize they're not at 33%, that challenges challenges them to do better. Yeah. And and say, okay, I didn't even excited. know. I, I didn't know. Yeah. What can we do? So it's a challenge and a goal they, they stretch to right. reach now. Especially if they realize that there are lots of hygiene departments out there that are very profitable. Exactly. So it's, you know, you can't have an excuse about it. And, right. Or, or even say, well, we're in a small town, so it, that's just yeah. the way it is. Well, that's yeah. not true. We've mm -mm. been in over 700 offices yes. all over this country, yeah. really world now. Mm -hmm. And I mean, small offices in the right, middle of a cornfield, right, right. their hygiene departments are doing um, a, Absolutely. a third, if not more. Yeah. So so really, it's it, you can't have excuses for where your office right. is located or uh, what type of hygiene department you have. Everyone's trainable, everyone's coachable. Right. And, it's, and it does, you're right. Like when you let them know what these benchmarks are, mm -hmm. It is a challenge. Sure. And they just didn't realize it. And right. now they know and, and they, they want to make it better. And from my from my personal perspective, a lot of hygienists like that challenge, yeah. right? Yeah. So, I agree. Uh, but definitely take a look and review where your hygiene department is. Um, you know, is seventy five percent of your treatment coming out of hygiene chair? Is your hygiene downtime five percent or less? Are your perio codes, active perio codes twenty five to forty percent? Um, are your hygienists producing three times their salary? And then finally take a look at that overall percentage. What are they producing to the overall practice? If it's right. not a third, um, again, it's not a bad thing. It just means you have a lot more potential there right. with that. So I just want to thank everyone for listening. We really hope you enjoyed today's episode. And if you haven't done so, be sure to subscribe to the Hygiene Prop Leaders podcast on iTunes. We have new episodes every Tuesday at 8 o'clock p.m. Eastern Standard Time. You can also visit our website, hygieneprofitleaders.com, where you can download notes from previous podcasts and also learn more about who we are and what we do and how we can help you grow your hygiene department. So stay educated.